Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So just one more thing about those 12 powers. You might think it's really silly that you need to know those colors, and you certainly don't need. It's not life-threatening if you don't know those colors, right? <laughs> but but it's, I, I teach them, you know, I, I teach the colors and the disciples that are connected to the 12 powers because uh, knowing the disciples really helps with metaphysical Bible interpretation, which is a class I teach in a little more than a month coming up and we'll make an announcement soon so so that you have an understanding how to actually interpret the Bible in a different way just understanding it literally the other thing that I really like about the powers is that you know if you feel um, powerless for example on a day you get up in the morning it's not your day but you have something purple in your closet you can wear something purple. And, you know, I've heard this over the years, over and over again, that it actually does work. You know, it's not necessarily that the power, of, you know, the purple has this magical power in your garment, but it's because you're focusing on that particular power. You know, the same goes with wisdom. You know, if you need to make a difficult decision, maybe you wear something yellow. It could be a little, you know, little handkerchief or a little scarf or something, just to remind you um, when we make difficult decisions or important decisions, it's not just our understanding, but the wisdom that's important. And you learn something more. So that's why I like the powers. And I try to teach it as good as I can, but apparently I need to do a little bit better. So. <laughs> I'm looking at our students here. So, <laughs> All right, so second part, holding the high watch. I'm not going to go into too much about what I talked about last week. Uh, very briefly, we are the lighthouse. Simple as that. Even if we don't feel like it. We are the lighthouse. We are the shining light. We are the Christ. We are God expressing. That's a reality that we already have. It's not something we need to achieve. It's not something that we're failing at nothing. The only difference is if we don't feel like we are the lighthouse is that we need to shift our awareness, shift our, the, way we, the way we think and feel about the world, about ourselves, in order then to be that lighthouse. Okay, so that's a brief summary from last week. Um, we had Thursday, we had the World Day of Prayer. Anyone participated? Few? Yeah, not too many, right? It's uh, 7 o'clock Wednesday till 7 o'clock Thursday, right? 24 hours. There were a couple of uh, things, events that were happening. Opening ceremony on Wednesday, closing on Thursday at 7 in the evening. But then 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning, those of you who watched it, uh, my predecessor, Reverend Paul John Roach, was there with Linda Matelowitzet, who is the Vice President of Silent Unity, our prayer ministry worldwide. And they had a really interesting discussion early in the morning, almost too early in the morning for that kind of discussion. And uh, I loved it because there was really a lot that we, can, we could glean from that um, discussion. And there was a lot of wisdom that came with it. And 
one of those wisdoms was all prayer is precious. I think those were the exact word that Paul, Reverend Paul, was saying. All prayer is precious. And there's such a solid truth behind it because we should pray even if we don't necessarily know how to or if we don't necessarily feel like we are really resonating with it, but we should always find a way to pray rather than not to pray at all. And Paul, obviously, uh, with his mission of interfaith ministries and interfaith understanding, you know, was talking more globally. World Day of Prayer means that it's not just about unity people praying, but the Jewish people praying, the Muslims, the Buddhists, the Hindus, and even those praying who don't really follow a specific religion. And without going into the traditions and really looking at the prayer and how we are supposed to pray or not to pray, we can really say all prayer is precious. Because prayer is different than just thinking away, feeling away, doing away, without really paying much attention. Prayer is certainly special. And our main scripture for the past couple of weeks is from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. And most of you know this verse very well. I use it very often because it's really a key recipe to understanding who we truly are. And he gives us very simple instructions here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Be always joyful. Pray without ever stopping. And be always grateful, because that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, there's a lot we can say about this verse verse, but it's inspiring to see how we can actually uplift ourselves into prayer without ever stopping. And that's what I want to get into a little bit today. Beginning with Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus says here to the disciples that whenever we pray, Go into the room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Shut the door. Go into your room. Before that, he's saying, you know, don't be like the hypocrites. You know, don't be like those who are standing in front of everyone and have these wonderful prayers and are shouting out loud. So that's not what it is. Shut the door and pray to your Father in secret. Pray to God in secret because the prayer is just for you. You don't have to convince anyone else. You don't have to take a class on it. You don't have to take a grade. It's just for you. And your Father who sees in secret, God sees everything, right? From the traditional understanding. You can you can fake it, 
for others. You can fake it for yourself, but God cannot be faked. God knows. God is infinite. It's infinite in potential. And then we will be rewarded. So that's the basis. Prayer is secret. Prayer is personal. And that's why every prayer is precious, regardless of how you pray. This is what I attracted me to become a minister in unity. Unity has a very specific teaching. Unity has a very specific way of praying. And we teach it, we have classes on it, and we have trainings on it, and it makes a lot of sense, for sure. But everyone is allowed to show up at any unity church and hold on to their traditions and stay with that as long as they're happy. Whether you're Jewish, whether you're a Muslim, a Buddhist, even an agnostic or an atheist, there's always room for you at unity. And yet we have our own teaching, right? So all prayer is precious, and yet there's a way how we pray in unity. And it is a way that is helping us to hold that high watch, to be that lighthouse. So how do we define prayer in unity? Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, he wrote in the revealing word that prayer is the most highly accelerated mind action known. Mind action, our third principle. We believe in the third principle that everything starts in mind and then eventually comes into manifestation, whether solid or up in the ether. But it's the most highly accelerated mind action that we can think of. So we're lifting ourselves out of the darkness of the busyness of our lives, of the disagreements that we have. In prayer, we're lifting ourselves out of that and be as high as possible, just as the lighthouse usually is at the very high point. So it can be seen for as far away as possible. He also writes, it steps up mental action until man's consciousness synchronizes with the Christ mind. So that's a little bit more cryptic. But it means the same thing. So we believe that Christ, Jesus Christ, Christ wasn't his last name. It was a representation of consciousness, of that highly elevated consciousness, of the highest good. Christ consciousness could be equated with something like being awakened or being enlightened, being complete and whole, where nothing is taken away from our experience anymore. So through prayer, we actually lift ourselves up and go as close as we can to Christ consciousness. And so we believe that Jesus Christ was really good at this. Not all the time, you know, sometimes he kind of like got angry at the disciples. Why wouldn't you? They were really sometimes a bit, you know, what are you doing? You know, you have many stories about faith especially. Why don't you have faith? So sometimes he may get angry, which doesn't mean it's a bad thing. He was also human, but for the most part, when we read the stories and what we know about him, he came from that highest consciousness 
because he was practicing what Paul was telling us or telling the Thessalonians, that praying without ceasing. Imagine that for a moment, that every thought and every feeling you have is a prayer. It's filled with love and kindness, compassion, and understanding. Imagine that for a moment. Imagine that you could do this just for one minute, solid, without going into, you know, the, the whole, I don't like life and all that, without going into just for one minute. And then imagine for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, then for one hour, imagine them for like a couple of hours or a whole day. Well, you never get out of it. You're just in prayer. You're praying, you're meditating, you're lifting yourself up into this way of being, and nothing that comes along and nothing that is in your life is wrong. Everything makes sense. Wouldn't that be something? You know, in common terms, this experience, you know, we can call it enlightenment, we can call it awakening, everyone can achieve this. It's not that hard, by the way. You know, but in more common terms, we actually know this kind of experience as a peak experience. Ever heard that term, peak experience? You know, I remember many years ago, um, I left Switzerland for good, you know, sold all my belongings, uh, paid off all my debt, and <laughs> got rid of the business I was in, and, and packed the backpack about yay high, and I had a bicycle. And, and that's all the possessions I had. And then I just put it on a plane and flew to New Zealand. Said, I'm done with Switzerland. I haven't been back since, <laughs> at least for a long time. And uh, I traveled around. You know, I got calmer and calmer and calmer. There were many reasons why I wanted to leave. And I ended up on the third inhabited island. New Zealand has nine islands. And there's a third, a small island just uh, south of the South Island, called Stewart Island. So maybe 700 people live on there. Very small island. One pub. Very cool pub. You know, the whole island, whole island meets in that pub, you know. And I would go to that pub, I would play piano for entertainment, and I got paid beer and, and stuff like that. It was really awesome. But I had this really cool, cool experience. There was a high point of Stewart Island, and I walked up there one night, and there were a whole bunch of people around me. We were watching the sunset together. And there was a moment when the sun was setting where I realized, probably minutes in, I don't know, it felt like hours, that tears were streaming down my cheeks. And I didn't know why. I wasn't sad. I wasn't even happy. I wasn't anything. I was just me. I was just there, and nothing mattered. My past didn't matter. I didn't care what tomorrow brings. It didn't matter how much money I had back in, back, back in the bank account, and everyone was telling me I would only make it a month in New Zealand, and I stayed away for years. All that didn't matter. In that moment, everything was perfect. Perfect, and that's it. No worries, nothing to think about, 
just being. That's a peak experience. And that's what Charles Fillmore means here. That's the highest accelerated way of being. And we can accomplish that through prayer. That's the goal. Are we all doing it every day? Probably not, right? But it's nice to have that goal in mind. And I know that as I'm sharing my own experience, probably some of you can relate. You know, maybe not with the sunset, but maybe being at the beach or holding a baby, a newborn baby in the arms. So there's many stories around that. Even sports athletes talk about runner's high. Musicians talk about, you know, just getting into the flow and everything disappears. This is all the same. This is the highest way of being to stop beating ourselves up and telling other peoples that they're wrong and finding so much fault in our lives and everyone else. So in order to understand prayer, we need to understand the principles, five principles. Here's your quiz. Huh? Where are my, where are my students? Hey, there you go. Pam's back there, I'm looking at you. So. What's the first principle? Ah, I hear some. So there's only one presence and one power in our lives. And in the universe, God, goodness, omnipotence. We say this every Sunday. Can you believe it? You should all know this by now. It should like, hey, hey, come on, come on. Maybe we need to take the slide off so we teach you a little bit, right? So what's the second principle that? Just simply, don't, don't try to remember. What, what does the second principle say? We are, we are that, right? We are that one power, right? We are in a perfect expression of God. And the way we said we are God expressing such inherent goodness. That's the traditional term. God is goodness. God is love. God is all there is. God is principle in unity. It's not an entity. It's not a person. It's not an all-powerful being. Not in unity. Right? But it's infinite potential and possibility, and we are that. That's why we can do all these things. Third principle. Wow, look at that, Peter. Our way of thinking shapes how we experience our lives. The way we think and our dad feel, the way we think and feel shapes the way we are in our lives. Fourth principle. Prayer, meditation, denials, and affirmation, the tools we use. Like we use prayer, meditation, denials, and affirmation to expand our spiritual understanding. That's what prayer is. We, have, we need tools. We need to know how to do this stuff, right? And we need to use it, which is the fifth principle, most important principle. The first four don't, don't matter if you don't do the fifth. What's the fourth, fifth one? Put feet the prayers. Action, right? So it's action. Knowing these principles is not enough. It doesn't matter if you know that there is only one God, if you don't act on it. It doesn't matter that you believe in oneness and that you have the essence of God within you and you have the potential to express it outward in every moment if you don't act on it. If you stay home, I love the term spiritual couch potato, right? <laughs> if you stay home and be a spiritual couch potato, the first four principles just don't matter. It doesn't matter that you know how to pray if you don't do it. It doesn't matter if you know how to meditate, but you don't do it. it makes sense, right? Total sense. So now, 
here's the short version of those five principles. And no one is going to leave today. We have uh, readers will be quizzing you on Oompa. Otherwise, you can't leave. I'll stay here and wait till everyone is gone. Okay. So we have Unity's Oompa Loompas. Okay. Oompa is an acronym for, for the following. Very easy to remember. O for omnipresence. O for oneness. M for mind action. P for prayer, meditation, etc and A for action. In my previous church, we used to have uh, t-shirts where in the front was Unity Lake Houston, and in the back, we had very big letters. We had Oompa, you know? So whenever we went anywhere and any, you know, any fairs or anything to promote Unity, they were always saying, why do you have Oompa? Because usually it says staff or security on there, and we had Oompa, you know? So, was a great conversation starter. So OOMPA, O-O-M-P-A, omnipresence, oneness, mind, action, prayer, meditation, denials and affirmation, and action. Very easy to remember. Unity prayer is different. All prayer is precious, no doubt about that. But unity teaches it differently. Unity prays differently. Because in unity we believe that we are that God essence, that we have that Christ within, that divinity within, what we do in prayer is we affirm that. And when you hear a unity prayer, it doesn't ask for anything. It doesn't plead to some God or universe or nature to do anything for you. All you hear in unity prayer is affirming who and what you truly are already. That's an enormous difference. And it ties back into, if you already are the lighthouse, why are you trying to build one? Doesn't make sense. If you already are the lighthouse, why are you asking something you can't even see to fix it for you? Because the lighthouse is working. You have to do the work, but you already are the lighthouse. So we are affirming that we are the lighthouse, and if the light is out, we are not telling someone else that we don't see or we don't know to fix the light. We're actually putting feet to our prayers and head up there to the top of the lighthouse and fix that light ourselves. That's the responsibility that we take on once we start on the path of becoming self-responsible, self-reliable people. We no longer sit on the spiritual couch potato and hope that someone else does the work for us, we're finding a way alone and in the community to do the work together. And unity prayer helps us do that. Charles again says, prayer is more than supplication. Supplication is not wrong. Prayer is precious, remember. But unity prayer is more than supplication. It is an affirmation of truth that eternally exists. No one can ever take away the lighthouse from you. It's impossible. They may tear it down physically, but spiritually it's always going to be there. It's a truth that eternally exists, can never be denied, can never be destroyed, can never be disconnected from.
very simple. But which has not yet come into consciousness, right? So we might actually pray with ourselves, with others, about something that's not yet the reality. But rather than asking for it or you know, do the supplication thing or begging for it, we're affirming that it is true because it's in our consciousness. And as soon as it's in our consciousness, there must, some, must be some truth behind it. And we keep affirming and keep affirming. Remember Myrtle Fillmore, according to legend, you know, it took two years to heal herself from tuberculosis. It wasn't just by putting it on Facebook and let everyone know, hey, you have tuberculosis. Would you pray with me, please? And then the next day she got up and she was here. No, two years of prayer work, pray without ceasing. It takes work. Don't be surprised if you pray once about something that nothing happens because we learn through prayer to line ourselves up with the reality we are yet to believe is true. That's what prayer does. It comes into consciousness not by supplication, but by affirmation. Now, don't get me wrong. Pray as you feel comfortable. I will never take that away from you. But if you like to learn more about unity prayer, take a class. Ask me about it. We have prayer chaplains once in a while on a Sunday here. We're training the prayer chaplains to pray affirmatively. You know, if you want to learn here affirmative prayer, use a prayer chaplain. Ask me to pray with you. You know, make an appointment. You know, it's different, but it's powerful. So Unity's five-step prayer process has five steps, relatively simple. The beauty is it's connected to those who know yoga, to the eight limbs of yoga. Yoga Sutras, maybe you may be familiar with that work from, by Patanjali. Um, yoga is not just about postures. It has eight limbs, not necessarily steps. Here all they are. We're not going to go through everything, but they're all very important in a way. And as you see the Unity Prayer, which is probably 150 or so years old, and this is a number a few hundred years older, maybe around 300 before Common Era. Okay. Very powerful Buddhist and Hindu foundation and really makes a lot of sense when you put it together. If we include the eight limbs of yoga before we even start to pray, we're following the yamas and the yamas, which are basically like the Ten Commandments, their observances. Their ethical principles, their, their practices that we do, virtuous practices, before we even start. And then in the first step, the relaxation part, as we relax, that's where it connects with asana and pranayama. Asana are those postures that we know from yoga. As we relax, we usually sit comfortably, right, when we meditate. Some of you may even do certain mudras or go into a specific meditation position. 
pranayama, the deep breathing, the breath of life is important. Joe Waller on Wednesday mornings, if you haven't seen it, he does a Facebook Live every Wednesday, and he teaches pranayama how to breathe effectively, all part of relaxation. Next one, concentration. It's about pratyahara and dharana. Pratyahara is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. It's the invitation to go within. Dharana is focused clarity, focused concentration. We're starting to get away from the scattered mind. And then meditation, part of prayer. As we pray, we meditate, which then connects to dhyana, which is meditative absorption. We absorb ourselves by going inward, becoming calm, and be at ease. And realization, samadhi, which some feel like is the end goal, but it's actually something that we can learn to experience over and over again. Samadhi then is bliss, the experience of that peak experience, the runner's high, enlightenment, awakening, is that moment when nothing matters except for us being in the perfect moment. And only in there, when we train prayer chaplains to pray, when we teach prayer, only then, in that state, we affirm the truth of who and what we are. Only then we pray. Relaxation, concentration, meditation, realization. Yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, samadhi. All is linked together. Prayer is precious, regardless of what it is. And finally, something that is not in the Yoga Sutras because it's naturally expected is the experience of appreciation. When I was up there on that hill in Stewart Island and tears were running down my cheeks, and I just couldn't help it. All I really felt was appreciation. For nothing specific, just appreciation. Just being in give thanks, in thanksgiving, just being grateful for being. And in unity, we close our prayer with the idea that we are now grateful. Our lives may still be difficult. They may still look rotten sometimes. They may still have challenges, but at least for a moment, we can say we're grateful. So that is the prayer that we do in unity. And it leads all the way back to Paul's Recipe, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, which means this is what you're supposed to be and have always been and will always be. And so when we look at this affirmation from the World Day of Prayer, as we get ready for meditation, 
we may have a different understanding of what we're actually saying. We're not supplicating, we're not asking, we're not begging, we're not pleading. We are affirming the truth that is already here. I pray with an elevated mind and open heart. As we move into meditation, let's say this together. I pray with an elevated mind and open heart. as we prepare for meditation, we can take what we heard about prayer just into this experience, because there's very much similarities between the both. So first we clear our mind, and we relax. We practice asana, posture. Just be comfortable, that's really what it is. And then we practice pranayama. Just a deep breath, very simply, deeply breathe in and breathe out. And then we move into concentration, focus, dharana. Allowing our mind to get away from the scatteredness, from the busyness, and focus on the here and now. Allowing Pratyahara, the turning inward, the journey within to take place and find the experience of absorption, of completely embracing our way of being, still breathing, still relaxing, concentrating, meditating. Then we allow our awareness to grow, grow further and farther beyond what we ever experienced. Just allow it to be free and move into the realization of who and what we truly are, allowing dhyana to take place. moving towards samadhi, eternal bliss, and glory. And from that place, the preciousness of our hearts and mind 
affirm who and what we are in the highest good. So we can do this by simply using phrases such as I am love or we are love. I am kind or we are kind. I am precious. We are precious. I am the light of Christ in this world. I am a perfect expression of God. I am infinite potential and possibility. So especially today when we commemorate September 11th, we mourn by the death of Queen Elizabeth II. We may have a friend or a family member who just passed away. Or we may have some simple struggles in our lives. We don't push that away. We don't deny it. We don't get rid of it. But we embrace it with a loving and kind heart and remember that the kindness and the love and the grace and the glory always prevails. So we affirm that God is goodness. Universe is goodness. Nature is goodness. I am is goodness. So we find the joy to pray without ceasing so that we may always be appreciative of ourselves and each other. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. So let us conclude with words of affirmations and gratitude. Just quietly in our minds, find those things that we are truly grateful for. Hone into the feeling of appreciation. Allow the mind to wander. Bring together the smiles and the heartfelt thanksgivings and allow those to be the carrier for the rest of your day and the week to come. And in that mind and heart set, we give thanks to so many things. Give thanks to all the religions and spiritual practices and the people that follow some way of being that lifts them up so that they can be the light. We give thanks to our community, allowing this 
to be a place where everyone can feel safe, to be who and what they truly are, and learn to uplift, to make this a better world. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.